Welcome to Inside Divorce. My name is Hindel Grossman, the owner of the law firm called Grossman & Associates LTD, located in Newton and Nantucket, Massachusetts. My name is Hindel Grossman, and I'm here with Lisa Copeland to talk about dating after 50. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Hindel. So nice to be here with you. Nice to meet you, too. We're going to talk today about a really fun topic, dating. And uh, Lisa Copeland has written a book on um, five little-known secrets to finding a quality man over 50. So we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But first, Lisa, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? So... I am a love coach and dating expert for women over 50, and I really suffered in many ways with dating when I first started out. I had no one to turn to if there was a problem. I felt like I wasn't getting dates, and I didn't understand men, and I cried a lot. And after two relationships where men said to me, you don't know how to let a a man be a man, I thought, something's going on here that I need to get you know, to get figured out. Uh And so I began to, I began to study everything I could about men and dating. And I started to have a great time. I was getting second dates. It was so much fun. And my friend said, what are you doing? And I said, just what I've learned. And so I started to help them. And then I realized how many women were struggling with dating because at this time, and uh, that's when I started my business. And I, you know, I've grown ever since. And and I have clients, I help clients every day find love after 50. Wow. So you seize the opportunity from your personal experience to figure it out. Right. Yeah. Yep. You figured it out. And you're going to show the listeners today. So, <laughs> what's so important about 50? Why is that an important age? I don't think 50 is an important age. I think I started my business in my 50s and I had dated in my 40s and I just decided there were a lot of dating coaches out there that were helping women in their 40s and there was no one helping women in their 50s. And I said, okay, I know how it is in your 50s. And I that's when I decided it's going to be over 50. And now it's a really hot thing. There's a lot of stuff over 50 out there. But back then, it was like non-existent. Huh. Well, I've noticed because I'm a divorce attorney, there's a lot more gray divorces are called. So that, that's obviously a population t- typically over 50 as well. Um, and those people are out in the dating world. Of course, there are people over 50 who are widows and widowers as well. Right. But we're going to be talking to the p- population of women over 50 pretty much, right? Right. 50s, 60s, 70s. Yes. Yeah. And primarily women, because your book yes. is kind of I work with a quality women. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, men who are welcome to listen to, there may be some interesting things we're talking about that may be of interest to them. But tell us about your book and what your five little known secrets are, if you don't mind. So that's an e-book, and it's a really great place to jumpstart your dating life. It gives you some great ideas for how to meet men and where to meet men. And I have a real book on Amazon called The Winning Dating Formula for Women Over 50, which has a step-by-step plan for how to find love. Good. Well, what are the steps? (laughs) (laughs) All right. They're the same steps I do with clients too. I found that there, you know, when I was discovering what was going on, I really looked at where my insecurities were. And I asked a lot of people over 50, what is holding you back from dating? And that's what came to the place of creating these steps. And the first step is actually getting your confidence in place. Mm -hmm. Most of us in our 50s, 
we're going out for the first time with totally different bodies than we had in our 20s. And it's really hard on us because we look in the mirror, we remember what we look like in our 20s, but no man knows what you look like in your 20s. He only knows what you look like now and he's attracted to you now from where yeah. you're at. Yeah. So it's really important to have your confidence in place so that because it can be brutal. You can get, you know, men not wanting to go out with you or not giving you second dates. And when that happens with my clients, I always say, you just don't fit the picture of who they want, just like you reject men who don't fit the picture of who you want. Does that make sense? Of course it makes sense, right. And not to take it so personally, just because people have an image of what would make them happy. Yes. And I used to cry a lot because I did not understand that concept. I used to take it as personal rejection. Yeah. And as women, we want everyone to love us. And that's impossible. So it's really important you can get out of that personal rejection feeling and just recognize you do the same thing with men. They just don't fit the picture of who you think you want. So take it more uh, scientifically instead of personally. Yeah. (laughs) So the second step is about understanding men because most women under over 50 grew up with women's lib and women's lib was amazing at letting us get out into the world and to, to use our intelligence, to use our creativity, to do way more than just, than sit at home and raise children, which by the way, I did. I was at home and I had a very traditional marriage. I was at home and I raised children back then. But so I didn't really understand men, obviously, when two men said to me, you know, how to let a man be a man. And we don't, we were raised in women's lib. We were taught pretty much. I am woman. Let me roar. I'm going to step on you and I'm going to get ahead. And in that process, we really lost the cooperation of men. We became, I'm better than you instead of, Hey, how can we work together? Well, that must be off putting to men. If we have an ad, if some women have an attitude of that, they're better than men. Well, I think it is that we, a lot of times it's, it's more of this power thing. The problem is, is men are wired to fix for women. They're wired to keep women safe and protected. We've had to come to be very, very, very strong because many women have had to raise children alone and be in this world alone and make it work for them. So, but you have to understand women are community oriented. So it's about the community. Men are hero oriented. And even in business, I've seen examples of where women you know, I can do it. You know, a man will say, how can I help you? And we think we're being weak if we say I need help, but you're actually being strong because you don't have to do it all yourself, which is what we've done. So can I share an example of that with you? I'd love an example. Yeah. Okay. So a friend of mine was on a train in Europe and she was talking to a man and they were talking exactly about this, about men and how men really do like helping women and to make them happy. Now I'm talking about emotionally healthy men. I'm not talking about men that are, you know, power hungry and have issues. I'm talking about good quality men. Okay. And they were on the train and they're talking about this and the train comes to a stop and they're both getting off and, and she had a bag up in the compartment and he said, can I help you with that? And guess what she said to him? She probably said no. That's right. She said, Oh no, no, I'll get it. So this is, you know, and they just talked about this and then she left and she later told me the story. She still got it herself, but we 
felt like we had to do it all ourselves. And that if we let a man help us, that we were weak and we're or doormats and we're not. You have way more power with a man when you can trigger that hero response inside of him to help you. You don't have to do it all yourself. And they want to. It's how they're wired. Yes. So the powers of observation, women should have better powers of observation about how a man's reacting to them being powerful, I suppose. You can be powerful. They're proud of you. What often happens, though, is women go from the boardroom home and in the boardroom where they've told people how to do things, where to do things, when to do things, what to do. Then they take that home. And a man doesn't want to be told how to do things, where, where to do things, when to do things, because that represents another person in his life. You know who that is? And that's so you lose. And when when boys are told to go get their stuff off the table because we are having dinner, you know, they can resist and they'll go, in a minute, mom, in a minute, mom, you know, and they never do it. And she gets mad and it's a whole cycle. And but when you know how to trigger the hero response in a man and get his cooperation and with his wiring, he really, really wants to make you happy. You can make that happen. You don't have to do it all alone and you don't have to, and you have to let him be a man. You can't tell him how to do it though. We don't like being told how to do it either. You know, it's a mutual thing. Yeah. Now you make a great point about just appreciating what what people have to offer and uh, not being so, and being a little more vulnerable. Yeah. Coming from your heart because men are so attracted to your heart. Mm-hmm. That's what they love about women is that feminine side and that vulnerability because men, they know you're strong, but they like, they need to feel needed and they need, they want to help you. They really want to make your life easier. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we talked about confidence. So what would the next step be? Confidence in men we talked about. And then the third step is having a clear vision of the right man for you. So many women I talk to will say to me, oh, Lisa, I will know the guy when I see him. The only thing you'll know when you see him is if you have a hormonal connection to him. And women say, I get butterflies. I feel something in my body. I have to have instant attraction. And the problem with that is when we have chemistry with someone, we have this tendency to trust them more doesn't mean they're trustable. It just means we're bonding with them. So when we go off of just chemistry, we can totally ignore the rest of who they are. So an example is in, in my second marriage, I we had intense chemistry. I mean, he would leave and I would cry. That chemistry was so intense. And one day we were in the car, we were with our dogs, we were taking them to the vet. And I was on the phone with my dad and my ex said something to me and my dad said, Lisa, does he always talk to you that way? And I never even heard it because of all this chemistry, the intense chemistry. And when you have intense chemistry, what usually happens is you mistake lust and love. You move too quickly. It's why our marriage lasted two years and you don't have a friendship. It's a real problem. You don't, you can't work things through. Everything is about lust. It's distracting. It is distracting. (laughs) And it keeps you from really seeing who somebody is. I mean, it really does. So that is why you want to have a clear vision of the right man for you. And that means getting in touch with 
what the types of men you're usually attracted to. Because we do, we feel the most comfortable with that. And we don't usually recognize it until we're in it. But it's, it's the same guy, just with different shoes, different hair, different clothes. <laughs> but his emotional issues are the same as what you left. <laughs> uh-huh. Or less hair, potentially. Yep. Yeah, or maybe less hair. That's true. (laughs) So then you want to get clear on what's going to make you happy today. Because so many women date from their 20s, not from what they want today. Right. Then I should say it's really five steps because some of the X, I'll tell you why in a minute. So that's the third step. The fourth step is creating a dating blueprint. That's learning how to date online how they have a profile that reflects your confidence, your understanding of men and what you want. Also knowing how to meet men in real life, knowing how to flirt, knowing how to approach a man without feeling rejection and um, knowing how to just have fun doing that. And so those are two more right there. So that's four and five And six, seven, and eight are understanding men on a deeper level so that you can have that deep connection you want with them. And knowing you're the prize, that's a really important thing. Most women bend over backwards to prove to men they're good for them. Uh Whereas most, whereas you need a man to prove he's worthy of you. Uh Uh-huh, for sure. The other step is knowing the etiquette of online dating. It's a whole, you know, it's a whole thing, how to write to people, how to avoid scammers, all those types of things. And then the last one is knowing the, the, I call them the things you, the, the things you had no one to ask about over fifties dating. It's things like when to have sex, how to set boundaries, who pays, you know, these types of things that you just really don't have anyone to ask. These are really important questions. Those get come up, those come up a lot. A lot. Uh, those come up a lot. You know, sometimes when my clients are dating, I first of all, I don't recommend dating while divorcing. I think it's no. just a distraction and it's very inflammatory to the other spouse. But everyone's looking for love. So right after the divorce is over, when they're emotionally ready, people are eager to move into dating. And these are really good pieces of advice how to get started. The other thing is, is you brought up a really good point about dating during the middle of a divorce and dating while you're separated. The problem is, especially for women dating men who are just separated, that family of origin still has an emotional connection to him. That tie has not been broken with the divorce not done. And something comes up, a major crisis, it's easy for them to go back together. And women get really hurt this way. And the other part is, is if you don't do the grieving, you're just, you have to grieve. You have to find yourself again. I remember the first time I started dating and I had, I waited about a year and a half. And yet some base, I was on a date and some baseball player came in that I knew my ex would have loved. And that's what I thought of. Oh my God, he would have loved that. It's like, you have to really get yourself back, what you like, what you want to do, mm-hmm. who, and most importantly, who you are today, not who you were when you met your ex, but who you are today being out there dating. No, that's a really excellent point because people, um, while they're divorcing, are in so much pain and so much grief and, and life is turned upside down. They want to have some fun. So a lot of them try to you know, date while they're divorcing just for the distraction of it. Maybe not for the long-term gain of finding a new partner, but they're not ready. 
And uh, it's true, they are not, our head is not in the right place. You really do need to wait a while, at least a year, I think, after a divorce is over to start you know, changing the way you perceive your life. So, and you attract the same guy. So a funny thing is, is the father of my children, when we divorced, well, yeah, we would have been divorced because I went on a dating site. I would not do any of that while we were in the middle of a divorce. So back in the day, that was in my forties, uh-huh. anybody could look on a dating site at profiles today. It's totally different, but back then anyone could look. So he says to me, you know, I saw your profile on this dating site. You know, you're looking for me, right? He was absolutely right. And that's why I help women who work with me all the time establish the patterns of men they're attracted to. Because if that type worked, you'd be with them. And because I didn't recognize it, I reattracted him in a different hair, different clothes, <laughs> two more times. Uh huh. Until uh, your husband's profile all over your first husband's profile. Yeah, all over same again, huh? Until I and that's after my divorce ended. The second divorce ended. I created what's called the pattern chart. It's part of that clear vision. And I started to look at the similarities, and I was mm-hmm. I was shocked. And my clients are shocked too when they do this. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god, I didn't realize it. But that's the thing. We feel so comfortable with that person because we've been with that a long time. Yeah, right. And that's what you were looking for before. And you think that's what you're looking for again. Right. Yeah. It really requires a whole different way of thinking. So where did, what kind of research did you do? What did you learn from your research? Well, this is everything that's in my program, the kind of research. But I have to say from the pain that I suffered too, the biggest things I learned were about men and about that clear vision of who I wanted so that I could recognize things but the things but the biggest thing with men that I that I learned was I always loved men but I never realized I don't think I ever realized who they were I didn't have brothers and in fact a lot of my clients have brothers and then they become like tomboys and so every man becomes a friend to them and you don't want to get yourself in the friend zone that way because it's very hard to get out the thing is, is I can't, what I came to appreciate about men is really who they are. They really, really do want to make you happy, especially after 50. Their, their focus in life is not so much about building it anymore. You know, when you're, when you first married someone, they were, uh, you were building a life together, kids, home, dogs, you know, uh, all that stuff, jobs. And when you're coming into it from this age, you get to create a playtime together. It's just like so totally different. And men, women go through menopause. Men really do go through a change too during that time. And they come out knowing what they want. And one of the things they want is a woman by their side that they can really be there for and who's there for them too. Mm. That's interesting. So though men's perspective changes, that's why the relevance of the age you know, after 50 or so perspective changes, they're, what they think they want changes. They actually start changing a little earlier than that. They start uh-huh. changing in their mid or their late thirties and forties. Oh, that's earlier. Yeah. yeah. They go through a time in mid forties, they go through a time where they're reevaluating life. You know, I've been mm-hmm. doing this for a long time. What do I want next? It's usually around the time of the empty nest syndrome coming close where that's when a lot of divorces take place is when this evaluation is going on. And I think it goes on within women too, but it is mm-hmm. a significant step in men right there at that time. Yeah. Well, I think too, from my experience as a divorce attorney, people start thinking, am I going to be unhappy for the rest of my life? 
or, or this unhappy or I could use some happiness and I need I need to change and maybe I'll find happiness with someone else. And some are willing, you know, to honor their commitment to the marriage and stay regardless of their relative unhappiness. And some feel like, you know, I should I should I'm entitled to be happy for some portion of my life and I'm going to make a change and I'll get divorced as horrible as it's going to be. It'll give me freedom for the rest of my life to feel feel better, to feel good. Well, to feel loved. I mean, yeah. An interesting thing is though, is yes, people think the grass is going to be greener on the other side and they get out there and it's a lot harder than they thought it would be. Yeah. Because when you're over 50 or when you're over 40 too, there are less places where single people congregate. That's why online dating is such a good place because 90% of the people are single on there, maybe even higher. I'm just guesstimating on that, but most people on there are looking for some type of relationship and, and not always the best relationship, but some type of relationship and some want a committed relationship. Yeah. So what is your experience when you're giving, when you're coaching women, I guess, or men, whether they want a committed relationship, or they just want to have basically a non-committed relationship, whatever that means to them whether it's the playmate as opposed to a part, long-term partner? That's a great question. So I, a lot of women are very afraid of giving up their independence. They found that they really love it. I think it's much harder for men to be single because they cannot, they don't have those connections like women do where you can go out to dinner with your friends and you can go to the movies and you can go hang out with your kids and your grandkids. And men are not going to go out to dinner with other men usually and have dinner, you know, unless it's business. So one of the cool things about dating at this time in your life, you have choices that you didn't have when you were younger, like, especially for our age group, when we were younger, your choice was get married, have kids. I mean, if you didn't, you were like, people were going, well, like, why not? Why aren't you married yet? Yeah. Today, that's different for kids. A lot of kids are not getting married or they're getting married much later. It's a whole different thing. So for our age group, though, that's what it was. So today, though, you have a lot of freedom. You can choose to have a man as a friend or a man can choose to have a woman as a friend. And that's always fun because you're still around the opposite sex and you still get to flirt and have fun and do all those things. You can also be in a friends with benefits relationship. I don't recommend it because women get really hurt because they're having, when they're having sex, they're releasing the hormone oxytocin. It's the bonding hormone and they can stay bonded to a man for up to three weeks. A a man could be bonded to you from that hormone for like 35 minutes. So in the morning, (laughs) friends with benefits for you at night, going out and dating and looking for the real person. And as women start falling in love because of the bonding, they think, oh, he is too. So you always want to listen to what a man tells you that relationship is because you can get hurt. The next kind of relationship is a committed relationship. And that can look three ways. It can look committed, but living apart. And a lot of people do want to live apart. They have habits they don't want to change. They don't want to put up with someone else's stuff and the other, you know, like, Uh, their home stuff and all that, all those kinds of things. And they want their space. You can also have a committed relationship where you do live together. And some people like to do that. And then some people like to get married. So you have choices. And, you know, but the things you do face at this time are the family aspects, because you're bringing in a lot, a lot more baggage than you did when you were young. Right. Both good and bad. Sometimes you bring in grandchildren or families that offer 
a lot of wonderful things. But yes, some of it is not all positive. Some of it is negative. Right. Some of it, some of it is difficult. Yeah, there are plenty of options. Are you finding that people are less inclined to get remarried? I've heard that a lot of women say that they'll, after a divorce, for example, that they don't want to get married again. Or at least they say that initially. <laughs> yeah, they do say that initially. I find it's all over the board. What women find they're looking for, they want that companionship. They want that partnership. Most women will say they want to commit a relationship. They're not opposed to marriage. They want to leave the door open, but they're not sure yet. And I think that depends upon the man they're involved with, you know, that type of thing. But yeah, well, everyone wants usually a committed relationship of that I work with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, even everyone's looking for love, you know, to feel loved. And so it's once you get out of a bad marriage, you're still you're still hoping for that feeling. It's such a wonderful feeling. It is a wonderful feeling. Well, we release hormones when we're in love. So it feels good. But I also find uh, now that we're in this pandemic, uh, my clients are finding guys, they're in relationships much quicker than before a pandemic. I think everybody has gotten a little more serious. They're like, I'm tired of being alone. I want to be in a relationship. And I don't have to go look through the entire candy store of online dating. You know, I want to find, I want someone to come into my life and have fun. The other part, and to be part of my life, but the other part is, is it's more of a courtship when you're starting out. So you're not starting out. You're not, you can't touch in the very beginning to get all these boundaries established. So because of that, it's like the old fashioned courtship. You know, you're going through a friendship that can lead somewhere. And I just found that they are much more successful at finding love right now because it's a slower process and everybody's mindset is different, uh, different than it was before. Right. In so many ways during the pandemic, we're thinking differently about our lives Mm -hmm. and living our lives differently. Plus, Lisa, it's been a great talk with you on this podcast about dating after 50 and been speaking with Lisa Copeland, who is a love coach and dating expert for women over 50. And her program is called Finding a Quality Man Over 50. And great, great, give it great tips about dating. Thank you. And if anybody wants to reach out, you can look on my website to get that free little ebook that you mentioned at the very beginning. Yeah. My website is findaqualityman.com. And there's blogs on there. There's the free ebook. There's some challenges about men and about dating that you can do that are free. And you can see what it's like to find love because we have lots of success stories and they're all on there. So it's findaqualityman.com. Fantastic. So you've given great hope and optimism to so many women out there. I hope they'll listen to this podcast and call you. Thanks so much. Thanks, Hindal. All right. Bye-bye. If you'd like more information about the topics covered in our podcast, please contact us at Grossman & Associates. You'll find a competent and experienced team of compassionate, responsive, and innovative legal professionals. Email me at hindell at grossmanltd.com. My first name is spelled H-I-N-D-E-L-L. Or call us at 617-969-0069. Thank you for listening.